uh, thank you, choir, for that wonderful song that lifts up our Savior and ministers to our hearts. Thank you so much. I invite you to stand this morning, and if you could, open your Bible. 2 Kings, chapter number 7, this morning. 2 Kings, chapter number 7. I'll be reading, and please follow verses 3 to 9 this morning. Stand in respect of God's Word. Thank you so much for doing that. The Bible said in Second Kings 7, beginning in verse number 3, And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, <clears throat> then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore, come, and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come at the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, and the noise of horses, even the noise of great hosts. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight, and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried then silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it, and, and came again and entered into another tent, and carried then also, and went and hid it. Verse 9. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, that we may go and tell the king's household. I'm speaking, Lord, helping me, a message on, let's go and tell the king's household. Shall we pray? Father, thank you again for this wonderful church, Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Thank you for Pastor Montoro. Thank you for this wonderful church family, their friendliness, but most of all, their love for world missions. Lord, bless them this week. And I pray that you help me as I preach this morning. May we have a heart that is willing to hear and a heart that's willing to obey. Again, Lord, as Pastor has prayed, whatever you accomplish, we will be careful to give you all the praise and the glory. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask all these things. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated, please. Now, several things I'd like us to consider this morning from this text. First of all, think about the awful condition of this city. Now, Israel have sinned against God. and Again, under the leadership of King Joram, they failed to turn from their sin. And so the Lord God sent Ben-Hadah, the king of Syria, to besiege the city of Samaria. No one can come out and no one can come in. 
If you please turn your Bibles one chapter before so we could know what happened uh, or the background again of this chapter number 7. But in chapter 6, verse 24, and in verse uh, 25, the Bible said, And it came to pass, after this, that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all the hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it. Until an ass head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. Now think about how awful the situation is here in this city of Samaria. Again, because of the besieging of the Syrian army, people of Samaria cannot go in, go out, and Again, by the way, think about going. I don't know if you have Safeway here in California. We have Safeway. Uh, we have Walmart. You guys probably have Walmart here too. Uh, we have Price Club. and oh, You know, when you go there, all you could buy is a donkey's head and a cob's dung. Now, I'm afraid there's not much. You know, we had a babe last night. And there's not much probably on that babe's head. You know what I mean? I know that some people like the ears and stuff like that, cheeks, you know. I, I like some of those ears and cheeks too sometimes, but not all the time. Growing up, as I said, that uh, we don't have much, but we always have fish because I live in a place where it's real close to the ocean, so fish is really abundant. And uh, my my mother likes to cook fish all kinds. And by the way, if you notice... Uh, if you've been to a Filipino home, most of the time when they cook fish, they are not spoiled like most of uh, Americans. It's already filleted for them and things like that. And in fact, if you go to McDonald's and you order fish fillet, it's already prepared and everything. But, you know, uh, my mom used to put the head of the fish even in that, in that dish. Uh, not only that uh, I think it adds flavor, but also, you know, we have seven in the family, so it helps feed seven people. Uh, in that family. I like it broiled. I like it fried. I like it baked. I like it uh, mixed with vegetable uh, to make it soup. You know, in the Philippines, if you have, you're not well-to-do and you have seven in the family, your mom makes a lot of big dish with a lot of soup and a lot of vegetable. And, you know, that fish is usually divided in seven parts. And each one of us have one piece each. And so we have a, lot, a bowl that sometimes we just mix everything in the, uh, in the rice. We have a big pile of rice. And, you know, in the Philippines today, I was told when you go home, they called it only rice. In other words, unlimited rice. You could have always rice all you want. But anyway, we have a big pile of rice. And then we, we put that, that, uh, that dish or a soup or whatever and mix it all up. And, boy, we had a wonderful meal. Now... I like fish, but I'm not excited about the fish head. I am not. And I know some Americans said, I'm like that fish staring at me with those eyes, you know. But my mom, bless her heart, in order for that fish to be divided for each one of us kids and my father to get apart, she always take the head part. I never figured that out. I thought, what's good at the fish? You know, the eyeballs and the gill? I don't know. But, you know, I didn't realize this until two years before my dad passed away. By the way, my mom was widowed early age. And uh, when I came here, I, I asked her to come and live with me. And my, mom's, uh, my wife's mom is the same way. We have uh, two uh, 
her mom and my mom and our children. So we have a full house with a three-bedroom uh, condominium there that we're staying in. And uh, how did you survive with your mother-in-law and your mother and your wife and the girl and all that? It's by the grace of God. So, uh, thank God we're saved. You know what I mean? But what a privilege it is to take care of our mom. And they, they went home to be with the Lord, both of them now. But our children always treasured. Since we don't have any much room, uh, we cannot put the girl, uh, the, our son and daughter in the same room and, and my mother-in-law together and my mother. So what they did is they slept with their grandma, one each. And so, but as they think about it now, they are so grateful that for that privilege. At first, they kind of complain because all the other kids have their own rooms, you know. And except them, they have to live with grandma. Think about this for a while. My mom grew up in the Philippines where I said there's only one room. And so she changed. And my son said, she don't even ask me to leave. She just changed. And then when I changed, I asked her to leave. She wants to stay. I said, son, just live and bear with it. Where do you want to have grandma to live? Outside uh, the, the, the streets? And so he grew up like that. But he... Again, he, he loves his grandmother, and I'm glad. Well, anyway, I didn't realize that in order for me and my brothers and sisters and my father to have a decent part of that fish, my mom always said, I'm going to take the hand. I didn't know how much my mom loved us until I figured it out. That's a love, my mom. Well... Here, there's no food, and all they can have is dung's head. And that is very expensive because it's going to be on sale for 80 pieces of silver. It's about $50. And then uh, they tell us, uh, I read some commentaries, that the dove's dung is some kind of corn that is used to feed swines. And they're also very expensive. A piece will be uh, five pieces of silver, which is about $5. Now, that's how bad and how awful it is on that city that was besieged. But you know what? It got worse. Read with me me in verse number 26 of 2 Kings chapter 6. The Bible said, And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, Now notice here. This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him that she had hid. And she had hid her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes and he passed by upon the wall and the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Again, how horrible the situation gotten here in this city of Samaria. Because of lack of food, they have to start eating their son. Did that really happen? I believe the Word of God. I believe that took place. Again, I told you, uh, my dad is a laborer there, earns about $2 a day in my time. But my mom and dad did everything they can to make ends meet. 
my mom planted vegetables, planted some fruits, and, and even have chickens underneath our house. And so uh, when they grow up, they have eggs. And, you know, it, it, uh, my children, I, my wife and I are kind of laugh now, but when they were here, they complained that they have to eat eggs. In the Philippines, I told them, my brother has to have a boiled egg, and I might make sure my part is bigger than his, you know. And my mom always do the cutting so it's even. Well, anyway, how blessed we are here. But, you know, we never had so much privilege growing up. But I know one thing. We are contented and happy kids. We never realize we're poor. We know our parents loved us. We never uh, have a washing machine. And some of us here probably have that if they grew up the same way as I was. We wash by hands. And uh, there are times before you go to school, you have two pairs of uh, school clothes. So when one is being worn, you better wash and dry the other one because if it gets dirty, then you have another one. The problem is rainy season. That's a hard thing. Because it gets wet and there's no dryer. So what you do is you dry those clothes by the cooking place. You know, smell smoke once in a while. But, but at least it's dried when you wear it to go to school. We never have a car. So going to school with all the books, you have to walk. Sometimes uh, half a mile or three-fourths of a mile. In high school, it's a little further. And yet we, we never complain because everybody else is the same way. Uh, we go to church and we walk as a family on church on Sundays. We never had TV. All we have is a transistor radio. I don't know if you remember that. And they only could pick up few stations. And so you have to be very careful to, to turn on the knob so there's no static. And we fight with, but your, our dad always wins and our mom. And we don't have any gas or electric stove. We have to fix firewood. Uh, my father and my brother, we go to the mountain where we could, we could find some tree to cut and make sure it's dried. And my mother, you know, in the Philippines, it's either hot or wet. So six months hot, six months wet. So uh, we always had some firewood at the bottom of our house so that uh, during the rainy season, we have some firewood that my mom could use because it's hard to let a wood that is wet, you know. So it's stored and it's ready and and I was watching the video of the Montoro family, and they go there, their grandparents' home, and cut wood for them for the rest of the, the year, and that was a blessing to watch. But I remembered, uh, as a boy, we have to, to, my brother and I have to help our dad uh, do that. My sisters help our mom doing chores. We never had a vacuum, vacuum cleaner. We have the coconut husk, and we scrub the floor going like this. And my mom's very strict. Uh, she made sure that you don't miss anything. Sometimes we cheat, you know, but she moved some, some chairs, whatever, and she knew you didn't do that part, so you have to do it all over again. But I'm thankful for a mother like that. We know one thing. They loved us. They did the best they can to take care of us, their children. Sometimes people complain about what they get for Christmas. To us, if you get a handkerchief for Christmas, it's a new T-shirt, you're happy. And I never realized, but even my parents didn't even get presents. They just tried to do something that we can have a little bit. That's, that's the kind of life that we have. But one thing that I know is that we never get hungry. We always have food on the table. We always have clothes to wear. We are not too poor. And I'm so glad I never heard my mom say, 
We don't have nothing to eat, so we have to boil your youngest brother today. You know what I'm talking about? That's what's happening right here. I'm glad it didn't get that way because I'd probably be the next after that, you know. I'm glad. Some of us take these things for granted. But there are cities in the world. They might not be besieged by an army. But you know, many of them are still. You see it in the videos of the missionaries. You go to the Philippines. We still have kind of situation like that. Come, countries like Cambodia. Uh, countries like Bangladesh and Uganda and Brazil. I've seen there's million kids running. I've, I've read about them running in Brazil as well as in Mexico City and many places in the world. Many people still go hungry today. They said 34,000 people die every day from some kind uh, of disease because of starvation. When I was growing up, going to school, you pay tuition. And some kids today, boys and girls, Filipino, cannot even, some parents, because some of them have, uh, you know, poor, and they cannot even finish high school. There's so many kids now that, that uh, they have to go to school from 6 o'clock in the morning till noon, and then another class from 1 o'clock until 7 o'clock at night. So that they could just go to school, and some cannot because their parents cannot pay their tuition or buy them books or uniforms. Do you know that some children grow up losing their parents because of civil war? War in countries like Iraq and Afghanistan and Yemen and Syria and Egypt. And they are hurting, but most especially, not just physically, but I believe spiritually. They're hungry. We know what the, the 1040 window, uh, they are, they're talking about. And they need a gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we sang that song, Send me. Oh, I pray if God is talking to you about going to the mission field, I hope you will. New York City, pastor told me, what, five million? Just take the commute and I don't know how many, nine million around this area? I told him San Diego goes the same thing. Almost three million, but you can't count. Not, not even, even 20 independent Bible-believing Baptist churches there. You don't have to send missionaries to the foreign field. They're here. Eight in different countries. Wow. And many of them need to... Turn your Bibles to the book of Amos. Amos chapter 8, verse number 11. I, I, I think what the Lord wants us to see is that, that time's going to come when we can't do this anymore. Time shall be no more. But we still have the time. Amos chapter 8, beginning in verse number 11, the Bible said, Behold, the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst of water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord, that they shall wander from sea to sea, from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Many, many countries. There's over 200 countries now. You know, I told your pastor, one of my hobbies is to collect stamps and collect uh, different currencies from different countries of the world. And, uh, I mean, I loved it because some people told me, oh, that's a junk. No, it's not. To me, those stamps talk about people. When you use that stamp and you mail it and it goes to that country, there's people in that place. Currency, they speak of people. And so, anyway, I, I, I like it somehow. But, you know... Many of them, 1040 window again, many of them don't know and have not heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad 
that we're able to support, and I think you do the same, missionaries to China, that's underground churches. We have now Filipino missionaries going to Vietnam. They're going to Cambodia and so forth like that, Bangladesh, Pakistan. I know they're underground most of the time. In fact, when I received their letter, they said, please don't post it. This is restricted country. We don't want to be. I heard of another missionary that went to Sri Lanka, and they have to, to take his passport, almost able to come back, took their prop. I mean, people are sacrificing to go. But you know what? These this people need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God there's a hope, and that hope is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you again as a church. You are involved. This week especially, I pray that you'll ask God to help you because people are dying and hurting not only physically but spiritually. You know, in America, I'm sad to say to you that there are cities that they might not have any famine with physical food, but many don't care about aborting children defenseless here in this country. Immorality, drugs, gang violence, pornography. Hmm. This world, even in our own country, in fact, there are missionaries from Preachers from the Philippines coming here to try to start churches now. But let me just say how grateful I am that you sent missionaries to the Philippines. And I'm so glad that uh, because of those American missionaries, we were grounded to the truth. And our God is using um, I under, my understanding there's over 120 missionary families from the Philippines. And, and I'm praying that one day I could be a blessing. Well, back to our text here. The Bible said in verse number 3, in Second Kings chapter 7, And there were four leprous men entering to the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Now, leprosy, as you know, is a picture of sin. And it uh, starts small, spreads quickly, and the end result is death. In the Old Testament, only God can heal leprosy. And thank God that uh, sin can be healed by the shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm glad again that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you're here today without Christ, I hope you understand that you're a sinner. Because of your sin, there's a penalty, and that's to be separated away from God forever in hell. But God loves you. He doesn't want you to end there. He gave His Son, Jesus, to die and shed His blood. To take your place and mine. They buried him, but he rose again. Now sit at the right hand of God. He is the Savior, the way, the door, the life. To all who turn from sin and by faith receive him as personal Savior. Notice their question. Why sit we here until we die? One day we all will die. Like what I said, we will stand before God. What are we just doing? Why will you sit here, come to church? Don't you? I mean, as far as I know, you are getting involved here. But church needs you. are a family. We're a body. And it, it, you don't say, well, I'm not needed. No, you are. I cannot say, well, my little pinky is not needed. Try to not use your pinky. It's very hard. You need every part. And we are saved to serve Him. And your members here to be used of God, uh, be able to pray, to give, and to go. God called you that the world may know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice their decision. 
Don't just sit here. Get involved. And then they said in verse number 4, If we say we'll enter to the city and the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall to the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, uh, we shall but die. Well, so they have three choices. Either stay where we're at, go in the city and die, or go with the Syrians and die. So we'll just as well just go uh, where the Syrians are. Again, if you're not saved, I hope you come to Christ. He will save you. Well, in verse number 5, And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the outermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Again, they, the Syrians fled. They got scared. God allowed them to hear a host coming. And so they run away. You know, I'm so thankful again that God made a way for us to be able to come to Christ, the gift of eternal life. And He made that provision for us. In His grace and His love, He provided a way for us to be able to survive and live and have our sins forgiven through Jesus Christ. So all by the grace of God. All by the grace of God that this lepers was able to come in and they were not killed or their life was spared because there's no one there to, de- to destroy them. And I was thinking as I'm preparing this message about the grace of God. You know, I could have been born in a communist China where the Bible and the churches are banned. I could have been born in a country like uh, Sri Lanka. I mean, the Philippines could have been a, a Muslim country. That no missionary could get in. Could you imagine that? But I'm glad that even though our country uh, uh, was, uh, you know, claimed by the Spanish regime and brought Catholicism. But I'm glad that they at least say that Jesus is God and so forth. But the only problem, again, is that growing up in a religion, religion does not save you. It's what Jesus did for you. I know Jesus here at that time, but that... When I heard the gospel and understood for the very first time, I received Jesus Christ here in my heart. God's been good to me. And as I've said again and again, He has blessed me. I want you to see verse number 8. And when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and they did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried then also and went and hid it. And so what they did when they came there, there's nobody there and they found food in one tent and so they eat. And just so that's normal reaction because you're hungry. They also found gold and raiment and they began to hide it. But you know, the worst thing is that they keep doing it again and again and again. You know, God again allowed us to come to this wonderful country. I thought about that in my own life as I've told you how God has blessed me. But you know, I'm not doing well if I'm just going to keep to myself. Because I know back in the Philippines, there are people. Back in Sri Lanka, back, many people needed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry in the morning light, some mischief may come upon us. As someone has said, we all have an appointment to meet with God. And I heard a preacher said, and I believe that nobody's a, a corpse uh, followed by a hearse. 
You will leave everything behind. Might as well make an investment up there, as Jesus is telling us. Uh, lay up your treasures up there. Because souls of men will last for eternity. And so, let's, let's not just sit here and let's just accumulate things and hide it. And, no, let's, let's go out and tell what we have discovered today. We, we have been saved. It's a good news. You know, ladies like about good news sale in the department store. They tell everybody. As men, we like, we like things like good haircut place or a good things to eat. We like to share that too. But you know, we have a good news. And that is the gospel. And our job is to share. Help send those missionaries that God has called. The verse 9 here is, Come that we may go and tell of the king's household. That's our commission. Dr. Chapel once said, When the heart is right, the vision is clear. Can I say that again? When the heart is right, the vision is clear. You can see the need. And you can realize, What am I doing here? Why am I just hoarding and hoarding? Why cannot I just give that others would hear the gospel? Aren't you glad some of us saved in the Philippines? Some of us, you saved in your country because of a missionary. Now you're here. Well, let's, let's do the job. If God's calling you, go back to your country and start telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jim Elliot is a young man, very promising. But he did give his life. They killed him in... Uh, in South America, the Oko Indians, he went, but he got killed. This is what he said. He is no fool to lose what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. Again, verse number 9. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings that we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning, some mischief may come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. We cannot go to these different countries in the world, but there are those that are willing to go. We can help send them. And yes, they can represent us. And I believe when we stand before God, we can say, honestly, we have told them. We have helped send those missionaries. You know, it's really a dangerous act not to share what we have to those who don't. You know what? If we have that which God could use and we refuse to use it for the glory of God, it's dangerous. The Bible said, There is that scatter it and yet increase it, and there is that withhold it more than is meat, but it tended to poverty. Just that, like that young boy last night. Aren't you glad he was willing to give his lunch, and yet God used this boy that others would be fed. And boy, he brought home 12 baskets full. You know, it's dangerous for us because the Bible said if we hoard, it will tend to poverty, but give and it shall be given unto us. Not to do what God wants us to do is dangerous. Not to go where God wants us to go is dangerous. And not to give what God wants us to give is dangerous. Secondly, it's dangerous for those that need the gospel. The children sang last night when he, uh, when he saw the multitude. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I pray that 
this week. Your heart will be right. So we could have uh, something that we can see that, that God sees that we'll be able to get involved in reaching the world. You know, compassion is not just feeling sorry with somebody. Compassion moves you to do something about it. The Lord had compassion, and yes, He did feed those people. He healed those that are sick. And thirdly, it is dangerous when He don't, don't harvest a field that is ready for harvests. Jesus Christ said, Yea, ye say not, there are yet four months, and then come at harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look in the fields, for they are white already for harvests. I'm not a farmer, but some of you probably are. Especially rice in the Philippines, that's our main crop. If you don't harvest the rice when it's already ready, it will be go to wa- going to waste. Oh, I am so thankful that when missionaries went to our country, just like Fred Nall, our missionary, in the 50s, it's so hard. Oh, the ground is so tough. He told me that they try to burn his car. They try to, he's trying to witness to a family that he was able to reach. And that man wants to reach his family doing a Bible study. There's a guy there with a gun wants to kill him because he's trying to change the family's religion. That's what they thought. He had some physical problems, I've told you. But you know what? He said, I'm thankful that I went. And you know what? Today in the Philippines, it's harvest field. You know why? Because someone went. And some church sent them, just like the Nulls. And I'm glad that they did. Again, my wife and her family was saved to the effort of the missionary. And I'm afraid some of the, I'm not I'm afraid, but I'm glad. And I believe some of the people here were reached because of some missionaries or some pastors that were trained by missionaries. Let me just say two more things and I'm done. God is faithful. The Bible said, honor the Lord with your substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 9, please. Second Corinthians chapter 9. You know this verse. Notice verse number 6. The Bible said, But this I say, He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Verse 8 said, for God, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, notice I like that word, ye, notice the word all grace, and then always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Verse 9 said, He that dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor his righteousness, remaineth forever. Verse 10, Now he that ministered seed to the sower, both ministered bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits for your righteousness. Verse number 15 said, Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. God never asked something that we have never He has never done for us. And lastly, He is a rewarder. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Hebrews 16 said, For God is not righteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
My challenge as I close this morning is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You know that verse. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Help us as your people. Let's not just sit around and do nothing. Help us, Lord. We are blessed to be a blessing. You bestowed upon us the grace that we might be able to share that grace to others. And you promise that everything we need will be taken care of. Thank you that you are a God who gave the example. You gave your own son. That we might have forgiveness of our sins and salvation. And you have commissioned us to go. That others would know. It is indeed a good news. Help us to do well. Let us go and tell the king's household. Use this church even this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.